we're going to talk about just for a few minutes, and mainly it's just going to be me reading the scriptures, the gift that changed the world forever. I want to start with the birth of Jesus and just read from Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Amen. Hallelujah. And now let's read from Matthew chapter 2 and fill in some of the details. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor, that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. 
And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Amen. Isn't it interesting that these magi, these wise men, and many people believe, and it is historical tradition, and very likely that these were rich wise men who are also kings. Kings brought gifts to the newborn king, the greatest gift of all, the gift that changed the world forever. But no matter how wonderful his birth, we cannot escape the reality that Jesus Christ our Lord was born to die. Jesus came to pay the price. John three sixteen and 17 read like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is the one that everybody leaves out. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus was the ultimate gift given to mankind. I want to talk about the road to Emmaus. Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. That's about seven miles or a two-hour walk. And they walked together, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. 
And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scriptures? Amen. There's just a couple things I want to bring out here that the Lord revealed to me a couple of years ago. How that the road to Emmaus speaks of the perfect sacrifice that Jesus made to give us a complete salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Follow my logic here. A seven-mile journey speaks of the journey of Jesus. It was perfect and complete. Seven is God's number of perfection and completion. He paid the price for our complete salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus showed them in the scripture exactly who he was and why he had to die to purchase this salvation for us. Now, the journey to Emmaus is significant because it was a seven-mile journey. Seven, again, is God's number of perfection and completion. Emmaus was known as a place where healing springs flowed, and it's a type of the healing provision of Jesus. He communed with them in Emmaus and broke bread before them. And I believe it was then that they saw the scars in his wrist and knew who he was for the first time. He broke the bread, opened up his wrist, and it became apparent. This is the risen Christ. He is indeed alive from the dead. Sometimes, and this is the point that the Lord showed me years ago. Sometimes we have to recognize what Jesus has done for us. We have to see it with the eye of faith before we can receive the salvation that he purchased for us. Now, in the case of these disciples, they saw the physical body of Jesus. They saw the scars in his wrist. We, on the other hand, don't always see Jesus. So we have to see through the eye of faith what he bought and paid for with his broken body and his shed blood. And that's what communion is all about. Amen. So let's talk about communion, and then we'll have communion. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 30. This is Paul speaking. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Now listen to this, verse 29, verse 30, very important. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Paul said, one of the reasons that so many people in Corinth were getting sick, and some of them dying prematurely, is they were not properly discerning the Lord's body. They did not see through the eye of faith that Jesus' body was broken for them and his blood was shed for them so they could receive a complete salvation, spirit, soul, and body. It's especially important that you realize when you take communion, you are remembering that he paid for your healing, your physical healing. Amen. 
So tonight, I want to concentrate on physical healing. If you have ailments or sickness of any kind, as you take communion, just say to the Lord inwardly, Lord, I take this bread, a symbol of your broken body. I take this wine, a symbol of your shed blood, and I receive everything that you paid the price for. A complete salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, if there's things wrong in my body, I declare them healed right now because this is the meal, the meal that heals. Amen. Praise God. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back again.